All right, so let's pick up over here. I am Rashani in the Sefer Karm, Paragimel. Okay, so um, he's going to revisit some of the more uh, controversial points from last week. So let's see if we can, uh, how we can uh, handle them this time. So he says like this. So he's, we're working on the idea of the Rotson, Rotson of Hashem. So he says, the Fisha in the Rotson of Slainu. So when we say about the uh, Rutzon, right? The, the idea of will by uh, uh, by us is said about a new something that is re, that is new in the active in the agent that brings him to do a certain action, right? Which he didn't do before he had this new will. Okay, so because of this idea that Rutzon is uh, linked to some kind of a change. Or some kind of a, a, something new in the agent. So he says, because of this reason, Dibru Hashem. The philosophers said something uh, terrible about God, and they said that it's impossible that he should do an action with Ratzon. It's impossible that God could be an agent who acts through will. Okay, because of the problem of change. Okay, so he says, and this idea, he says, uh, Im says, uh, not only is it something that is, um, that would destroy, would uproot all the, all of the, uh, the roots of Torah, right? Because if God cannot act through Ratzon, through his, through will, it's impossible. It's impossible he should act in a time and uh, in another time. And that would bring us to the belief of the eternity of the, of the universe, right? And it would uproot all the, idea, all the ideas of Nisan that are in the flows that are brought in the Torah. Because those are events, those are acts, uh, specific particular acts of, uh, of Ratzon in, a, in an ace, in a time. So if um, the philosopher's idea, the philosopher's idea would make all of that impossible. And therefore he says, tefillah wouldn't help, okay? There'd be no, there'd be no reason for tefillah. It, it would not be effective in a time of need. Um, below Kishron HaMaiso, there's no, there would be no benefit of, of improvement of the, of the person's actions and shuva uh, and anything else that's written there. Okay, and uh, okay, so um, so that's one problem, obviously. And this is this is an issue, right? That um, this was at the forefront of the argument with uh, with the Aristotelians that the Aristotelian view makes any idea of creation and intervention and hashkacha and fila and all those things are impossible in that view, okay. So, so he says, obviously, by the way, not necessarily true, though, that, um, that you need the yesh in creation, right? That's a separate question. It just has to be that there is an act of creation, right? That's, that's a separate question. Is it, why isn't it a possibility to say that, that there is care? Um, but he's like this, and this is the part that we were discussing more last week. He says, aside for that, Aside for the, for the somewhat, so to speak, empirical 
problem that it contradicts just factually the Torah itself. It's also, it also is so, Sarah, it also contradicts that which the, uh, that which intellectual uh, investigation uh, demands. Okay, that which the mind determines to be true. And that is the following. Okay. Here we go again. Ki muskal rishon hu. It is a premise. It's a, it's a logical uh, a fortiori. It is something that is um, what we consider, say, like a just a, a premise of of, 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 of of rationality itself. Okay, one of the one of the fundamental ideas that require no proofs. That's what a muskal rishon is. I have to think about that a little more. What, what qualifies as a muscle rishon? They're saying it's a muscle rishon, which essentially means something that I can assert as being true without proving. It's like axiomatically true. Self-evident. Yeah, self-evident. Thank you. That's good. It's a muscle rishon. Shehakel yisborach roi sheyimotsu kol mine hashlemu hashlemuyos bo v'yisulku mimenu kol mine hachesronos. So it's self-evident that. God, according to Baruch Hu, is proper to be found within him all sorts of perfections and to remove from him all sorts of defects. Okay. And because of this, he says, the Navi went so far as to say, Tahore Nayim Meraos Ra. God is a Tahore Nayim and he cannot see Ra. The Habit El Omolo Sucha, he can't gaze at at uh, iniquity. Sounds like he's saying that it's it's a mushal, but he's saying, what's the mushal? In a certain sense, the Navi the Navi saw that it's not within God's uh it's not it's not it is a chesron bechuko. It would be considered a deficiency in God to perceive evil because the absolute MS has no relationship to uh, Omol. So he said he can't do such a thing. It's an interesting uh, interpretation of that. Because he, he sounds like he's saying it's not, it sounds like he's saying it's just a, uh, a bit of an exaggeration. Like the Navi doesn't, the Navi the Navi is operating on this idea that anything that is a deficiency cannot be attributed to God. And for the being who is also, who is Kulo, Emes, and Tov to somewhat see and sanction or, or witness and observe an evil would be an impossibility. So he says, talks about, yeah, because that would mean like you can't do anything about it, that type of thing. Like, oh. like, that would be a that would be an imperfection. So the Navi, when he describes it, he says, You cannot, it's not possible for you to see such a thing. Not that he doesn't think that God can actually see it, but he's trying to express this idea of disassociating any kind of Ra from God, even like in his in his view, so to speak. But um it, it seems that he's, he's, he doesn't think that's the uh the actual interpretation, but it, it, the, 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 the gist of it is that, like he says, 
אין רוי שיוחס אליו שום דובר שידעו משהו חיסון. anything that has the appearance of deficiency should not be attributed to God. okay 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 so again that's a muscle reason that's a muscle reason well, what's the why is it a muscle reason okay, we can't ask if you can ask it's not a muscle reason during this follow-up is, is going to be that to say that God is a pole without Ratzon would be some kind of deficiency. So how can we say such a thing? Okay. That he doesn't have Ratzon would be a deficiency. Yeah, he's going to explain that a little further next, but uh, that's his premise. Premise is anything that is deficiency we cannot say about God. And therefore, this, that's what he says, to say that, that, that Hashem is a, is a Poel without a Ratzon would be attributing a deficiency to him. And that's a Muslim reason like that. We, that's why he says it's Gozer, it's Soser, Masha Yigzurehu Ha'ionasifri. The the mind demands that uh, it, it would contradict something that the mind deems true. But let's go a little further because he expresses exactly what the Chisaran is. So is this also a self-evident truth that he holds it? The uh Rishman, I guess that okay. So let's take his example and then we'll come back and analyze the premise. She's like this. It is clear, okay, that one who does not act with Ratzon is deficient. Okay. And you don't say about an actor, you don't even call him an actor, you don't call him an agent, okay, except in a, uh, like a uh, borrowed term. Not, it's not a true expression, it's not a true definition. It's just a havara. And you're just using the same term descriptively, but it's not really definitively true to call someone an agent who acts without Ratzon. So, it's just, it's just a, a sort of like a, a feature of the language. If we say about fire that it burns, or about the knife that it kills, right, the sword that it kills, or about the the, the, the nair that it, that it illuminates says so that's not really technically definitively true as an action guns don't guns kill people, people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly the, the gun killed somebody right he would say such a thing the SUV ran someone over so he says right the action of the death with the knife and illuminating the house with the candle isn't truly attributed to, is only truly attributed to the one who acts with choice. Okay. And that is the man who kills with the sword and he illuminates the house with the, with the candle. Okay. And so too, he says, if someone were to throw a baguette, a, a, a cloth, a, a, an article of clothing into a fire and it would be burnt. Even though the, the fire is the immediate cause of the burning, right? The ash is what is actually doing the pu'ula, right? The action of the burning is the fire. We don't call it the agent of the burning. We say that the man who threw it in burnt it. Right, Plony Sorah Fabega. That's what we say. We don't say the fire burnt the beggar. We say so and so burnt the beggar. Okay, 
He says, because the man who acts, ha-poel, ha-odam, the man is the true actor because he acts with decision and will. And therefore we attribute to him the activity. And all of the uh, actions and all of the actors, the agents, the fire, the, the candle, the sword, the fire, they are what he calls deficient agents, deficient actors, because it's not within their hands to act or not to act, right? It's all up to the will of the man. They are kalim to him, right? They're simply tools for the man, like the axe or the, or the uh, saw. And that's what the Navi says in Yeshaya. Should the axe feel great, elevated above the one who's chopping with it? Should the saw feel elevated, feel greater over the one who's so who's waving it? Rotsaloma, ain't roy, it's not proper, not sensible that the so that the that the axe, which is the clee, should be proud, so to speak, and call itself the actor. I'm the actor. I chopped the wood. No, 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 you didn't chop the wood. It's the it's the one who is wielding it in his hand. Okay. Yeah. And he says, um, okay, he goes through more of a loyus gadel al marima. Okay, fine. So he says, and this pasuk, yeah, he likes to, to put in these from, from the Nabi and give you a little uh, a little uh, a little limit over here. He says, This is this these psukim are in reference to Melech Asher. And the, pre, the prior psukim are, are described more fully. And he says, he thought he was an actor. He thought he was doing the, uh, he thought he was the poel, the agent of the destruction, when in fact, Akar's Baruch sent him to do his bidding, so to speak. And he says, and Hashem is saying, he thinks he's, a, uh, he thinks he's the agent, and he's really just a kli in, uh, in my hands. Okay, to do mishpat the goy chone to ba'am ev raso. So he thinks it's his own will. He says, so you see that the pasuk doesn't call him. He says he's really being. You see over here that the tool doesn't have the is not the primary actor. It could be that that God caused him to act in a certain way. But whose Ratzon is it really? It's really the Ratzon Hashem. And he thinks he's like the sword. He's like the, he's like the axe that's being wielded and, uh, and is taking pride in the, uh, in the result. Yeah. Uh, and it was a, the, the plan in Ashkafa allowed, the, gave him the opportunity. He was no tzaddik, obviously. But the Chazal used the term, the God of the Tzaddik, they fire. So he was the he was the uh, the agent, yeah. But but it wasn't his success. It wasn't his uh, because of his will uh, that he that he succeeded. It was a um, he he was simply a, um, a, a a tool a tool in in, uh, in in the will of from the will of God. The thought. So now he finishes the thought and he says like this: calls that Yora. All of this teaches. All of this shows you. That the clee is not the true actor. Okay. 
But the Poel is the one who right? The one who, who, who uses, who moves the Kli with his will. All right. And therefore, Kishayi uh, Omer, when we say about Hashem Yisbara, Shehu Poel so So now if we're going to talk about God and we say, well, he is the agent, the, the actor, the creator of Hanimtsos or anything that exists or of a specific event. Now he's going back to his premise. It's not proper. It's not right. It's not, it's not possible that he should be an actor, an agent of, of those things like a deficient agent that has no control, that's not in his hands to do or not to do. Because then man will be more honored than God because man has the ability to burn the baggage or not burn the baggage, right? And God has no ability to not do. How is it possible how is it possible that he who has unlimited ability how is it possible that God who has unlimited ability and power and control cannot do that which man can do? I have to think about that, okay? So there which might be some counter Which is why. Which would be to, which would be, be to um, uh, uh, act by, by will. In other words, to act to control his action. You need to say act out of will. Like the fire can't control his action. I mean, right? it can't help but do. Can't help but do. So he's saying like this. That's the way he's setting it up. He's saying, if you can't help but do, right, then you're a deficient doer. Right, and you see that we uh, that we that we we consider the axe and the fire to not be the real doers of actions right. because they're not in control of doing or not doing. And even man, who who is uh, who does at certain times can be considered a tool as well. So who do we attribute? Who do we consider the real powell? The one who the pool is biyado, so to speak. The one who the action is in his control and in his hands. And that means to do or not to do. Right? He waves the clee uh, by, uh, by uh, his uh, will. So therefore, he's like this. So anything, so we consider anything that cannot but act, it cannot help but act as a deficient actor. We we'll have to define this a little better. And therefore, he's saying, to say that God is going to be a, a, an actor without a rutzel, like the philosophers wanted to say, aside from contradicting factually the Torah, it would go against this philosophical uh, premise, this self-evident idea about God, namely that he has all perfections and no deficiencies. And now we're going to have to say about him in the realm of being a poel, Man is a greater poel than God. God has a deficiency in his identity as an agent, in his function and his, and his ability as an agent. He says that is something, he says that is something that is impossible or, or at least contradicts a Muslim vision. 
He says, so therefore, it comes out, it must be that, that uh, Hakelius Barach is a perfect agent, and therefore he must act outside her Ratzon Vabachira. Because that to us, again, he comes back to us, those are the perfections, those are the, the perfect actions uh, for us and therefore must be true, at least for God. The Muscle Rishon is basically means an idea whose truth exists almost on par with our basic ability of thinking. The basic tools of thinking demand this reality. Practically, that's what it means to the Muscle Rishon. You don't, you don't analyze it because uh, the premises that it's built upon, it's not, it's not, a, it's not the premises of, of, of logic itself. It's not the basic function of the, of the, uh, of the mind itself. But uh, those basic functions, those basic uh, ideas of uh, the, the, the foundations themselves of thinking generate this idea. So it's almost like the first order deduction, so to speak. It's like you have to reject an idea that it's a contradiction. In other words, the Muscle Rishon, like the time saying, the Muscle Rishon means given the idea that the mind arrives at about God, this would be contradictory with that. Right? And since the, in that sense, it's a musculation. In other words, given the, the, the nature of the existence that pure, that reason brings you to, right, it would be impossible or be, it, it would be improper or it would be baseless and improper to attribute uh, deficiency to it. And on the contrary, it would be proper to attribute uh, all perfections to it. Okay. So, so what is the nature of the, so that, so that, that's a good way to frame it, right? So therefore, now our task is a little easier. So we just have to define the idea of God that we would arrive at by pure reason and show how these ideas are, uh, are, are uh, inadmissible or contradictory. Yeah. So it's interesting. You know, the philosophers. Uh, an exercise in futility, but we're doing it on purpose. We're like trying to show the limits of our reason to grasp Hashem, basically. So. Um, we're showing all sure. the possible definitions of all of that. No, let's just do the right definition. Let's just do the right definition. And then I'll show you that that definition should, with that definition, it is proper to attribute all shlemus. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so the, the philosophers uh, have a certain um, argument against uh, God, you know, that um, Bertrand Russell mentions this, right? So he says, it goes, it goes something like this. I just saw, I just saw, I just saw it on, on uh, somewhere, someone uh, making the same argument. It's, it's interesting. It's interesting because it sounds good, but it really is, is pretty uh, easily... Uh, Results. So it goes like this. Why do you think there's a God? Right? So you'll say, well, because where the world, where, the, where did everything come from? Where did the whole universe come from if there wasn't a creator? Right? So you say, okay, so you don't believe that the universe could be eternal, right? So, so you have to find something that brought it into existence. But what brought God into existence? Nothing. He's eternal. Okay, so why don't you just stop with the universe being eternal? Right, you have to get some, to something eternal. Right. So why why is the why does uh, that have to be God? Why does it have to be God? 
Now, if, if, you, if you didn't have anything that's eternal, maybe it's me. <laughs> I just ah, so the idea is, of course, that the nature, the nature of the physical being eternal, right, is is is, is a kasha because it's a construct, right? And that's if you, I mean, we can we can discuss it, we can talk about it, we can think more about it, but that's the nature of the of the argument that uh, everything in this world is composition, decomposition, construction, destruction, and, uh, and cause and effect. Um, and that's the nature of a lot of the arguments that you see in the, um, in like, Chovos uh, Lavavos, those kinds of Sajigarn. Uh, okay, uh, the Ram tries to take a little bit of a different, a different uh, tack, but, uh, but, but it has to do essentially still with the nature of, of the physical world. And the uh, and, and the the fact that the um, that since it is an element of construction, there must be a cause. But within the na- within the idea of so, therefore, the eternity of that entity is akasha, because it's against its nature. But if we'll say God, the nature of God is existence. That is part of his his nature. Then there's no question about the eternity. You understand? So. So it's a stupid argument. Like, if you're satisfied with God being eternal, why aren't you satisfied? That's exactly the problem, that the universe is different than God, and to posit an eternity has to be an, an, an idea of, a, of, an, of an existence that is uh, essential, right? But that we don't see about a, a physical, uh, physical entity that comes apart, puts, there are causes to its existence. Okay. All right, we're not going into that. So, so what do we arrive at? What does that eon bring us to? It brings us to an idea of an, of an existence that is not dependent on anything and is uh, essential, okay? And therefore is the cause and really is the true cause of everything that exists that we, uh, that we know of. Now, Again, I'm going to come back to my to my argument. I know I mentioned it a few times, but I see it doesn't stick. So we'll try keep trying. So the idea, <laughs> our idea of perfections, right? Is what gives something when we say that something has a has a perfection. So well, let's put the other. If something, if, if there's a certain function, right? Let's say life has a certain function, like or, or power. Let's say koach. Okay, and I say a person can do a certain amount, and he is limited, right? There's a limit to his koach. Well, where does the koach come from, and where does the limitation come from, right? So the koach comes from that which exists, is a certain existence of the of the muscle, the matter, whatever it is, and that existence has a certain ability, and the deficiency is because the existence is deficient. There has to be a limitation in that physical, in that existence. So I'm trying to say like this, slow down. Now, as we're saying that what we consider to be the, the perfection is from that which exists. And the imperfection is because it's to the degree that that, that, that existence is, itself is limited. If the, if, the, if the existence is the cause and there's a limitation, that means there's, there's a limitation let me say there's a diff- if it were the perfect, um, like let's say you have an engine that runs hot. So you say, well, 
that's because there's a certain deficiency in its uh, in its construction. If it were perfect, it would it would have zero friction, right? So it means say there's some there's some deficiency in the way it exists that causes a limitation. If you could perfect the the nature of its existence, you would remove those deficiencies. It, would, it wouldn't lose any energy. It would be a perfect engine if none of its energy was going uh, out of the system, right? Yeah. Is, is it removing deficiency? <laughs> right. So it's not exactly. So deficiency is, that's what I'm saying. Based on the, the Rambam's very uh, strong, you know, point to this idea that, that Ra is not a thing, right? Ra is a lack of existence. Lack so, of existence? Yeah. Okay. It's, not that, it's not that the muscle is deficient, it's that there's not enough muscle. It's a void. Or that it's, it's construct is... Right. Well, the way its uh, its materials are are not uh, the perfect materials. Like uh, chimpanzees' muscles are are a different kind, and they're much stronger than ours. But it's within the nature of its of its uh, of the substance that were it a more perfect existence, it would have more perfect function. Yeah. So you're saying deficiency is a thing which since it lacks it. Now and then, and like the Rambam takes it even further. Right? He says, he says. And therefore, so we say that God has power, let's say. Let's say we'll talk about power. So the Ram says, any physical, any, any entity that is physical, the power is limited to the, phys, to the, to the physical uh, substance. And therefore, the, the extent of its power itself is by, is by definition limited. Right. If koach comes from a physical thing, then if it's a koach guf, then there has to be a limitation because the guf is not infinite. Right. So therefore, we say, but about God, His koach emanates from is part of His perfect existence that has no limitation in itself. You understand? Anytime you're going to so we'll say about man. Man has a certain perfection of koach, let's say, or chios, life, right? And, but those stem from, since he's a physical being, they stem from his physical construct, okay? But the physical, but anything who's, who's koach, and of course, we'll say, a person who has a more uh, balanced, uh, harmonious, uh, healthy body will have a greater and, and, and illness is deficiency in the, in the balance of the body, right? But even the best body, if, it's, if that's the source or the entity that the chiyas is, is related to, it's intrinsically limited by the fact that it's physical. Because a physical thing, by definition, is limited. It has, it has, it has, a, uh, has, a, huh? it has dimensions, has limitations. Right. So therefore, we say if our if this uh, limited and uh, deficient kind of material has a life from its existence, then we'll say that and, and therefore some kind of deficient and limited life. So we'll say and all of this existence only emanate only is here because of the existence of God. 
whose existence is completely superior and different and above and beyond and not even within our realm, then those ideas of Yecholas and, and, and uh, Koach and Theus, all of those things must be to the most perfect degree, right? Because they, they are parts, so to speak, or functions or realities of existence and we see their reality of existence in this limited sense within us and we know that god's existence is unlimited and not dependent so therefore whatever perfection we see in ourselves that we talk about in terms of uh that 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 are expressions of some kind of existence we have in this limited form then and we say that we get to the idea of God because we'll say he is an existence that's not bounded and not and has no goal and has no dimension and has no, no limitation. Then all of those ideas must exist in the most perfect way for him. Okay. By the way, I, should, I just mentioned in, term, in terms of existence. So, so the Ram says in the beginning of, um, is it the second? It must be the third book. I forget where it is. The third book, I guess, where he discusses. Where he, where he has this whole long thing where he introduces to Eov. Introduces to Eov. So, um, so therefore he says, he says the greatest deficiency that, that there is, is in terms of knowledge. Words, most people's evil uh, is, is, is a function of the deficiency of their knowledge. Most? Right? There's another type? Uh, I mean, you can have a deficiency of your, of your body. You can have a, a you know, physical evil. But the most harm... Right. Physical evil. That's, that's called a ra. A ra. Uh, not a moral. Not a moral. All moral things are lack of knowledge. Well, he's not. He's not differentiating. But he's just saying the ra. All the ra in the world. Most of the ra in the world, right? Like uh, I don't know, Putin threatening Crimea. I don't know. The most <laughs> conflicts, conflicts in the world, and all yeah, of the, all of the, the 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 harm that befalls mankind is mainly attributed to man's lack of knowledge. Right. That's the greatest source of the rock. Right. I'm not passing judgment on what Putin should do with me in uh, Ukraine. Ukrainians are not. We're never tzaddikim. But uh, <laughs> but. Um, Maybe he's maybe he's just a cleave. Yeah, the Hashem. Um, but uh, <laughs> that's right. But um, but anyway. So uh, so that's the idea. Oh, so we're getting back to you, right? right? Okay, just to repeat it. So since the idea that of existence that we have about God is an unlimited existence, therefore all of those all of our crude abilities that we consider to be valuable from existence exist in an unlimited sense for God. So perfections are things that can't, we can't deconstruct everything into, uh, you know, down to its, uh, to, to an atomic level right now. You're going to lose a certain, there there are certain, uh, what they call uh, emergent qualities that when you try to uh, dissect, uh, disappear. So let's just leave it at that for a minute. What okay. do you call them? Axioms or what? Uh, this is an axiom. When he calls it a muscle region, he, calls it, he means say it's a muscle region within the study of God, within the study of, of metaphysics. It's not a muscle region that you'll ask a, uh, you know, an average guy in the street and uh, he'll have to admit to it without any type of eon. But it's, <laughs> It's something that with the idea, that's what I meant to say before. I said the Moscow region means something that exists with an idea that you that you have that you know for sure to be true. It's it's on par with it. 
So once we arrive at an idea of God through our eon, this is exists with it. Okay. It's not when you're not God. You but it's not the thing I God. proved. It's not exactly the thing I proved. It's a necessary I just, implication. I, exactly. I just to prove that there's an unlimited, that there's an existence that is not bound by the physicality, and that's why it's proper to speak about his existence as eternal, uh, as opposed to the uh, to the physical. And therefore, it makes sense to say all of those perfections that we perceive as a function of existence exist within him in an unlimited sense. And there should be no deficiencies because all of our deficiencies are a function of non-existence. We have, because of something that God granted to us, within us, we have the ability to think. So that ability is a function of some some shadow existence that we have, some temporal, some temporary existence that we have, some uh, right ephemeral existence that we have. Okay, so if God's existence is absolute, right, and just from what He granted us, what He was mamsi in this world, contains this function of knowledge, then the real knowledge must complete, must exist in a in a different sense and in a truer sense within him okay then it would mean that we have something that that god doesn't that would be impossible i mean through our through our uh, our neshama that he that he was uh placed within us we have a certain faculty of thought so that would be the same kind of thing so that would say and that's only a facet and a limited element of existence the most pure kind of existence that we know of here and the purity of that existence grants it, not get, allows it to have knowledge. So then the most pure and absolute existence, certainly. Yeah. So you're saying if two concludes one, certainly ten includes one. Right. You could say that. Well, how can you give or the infinite. Power or the infinite. Or the infinite. The infinite includes one. Yeah. To be more. So does this apply? So how would we apply this to this idea of Powell? That's the question. How would we apply this to the idea of Powell? So he's saying, oh, I was saying, so do we answer the question? That, so, so man can't do evil here. His man's doing evil stems from his deficiency, from his non-existence, right? And killing himself would be also a, uh, a, an act of, uh, that, is, that is only a function of the temporal nature of his existence. So none of those things are perfections because they're not expressions of existence, okay? Um, and he doesn't say that, he, he, always, he always makes it clear that we're talking about things that are shameless. God can also kill a man the same way a man can kill himself. Right. He's not lacking in that. That's right. Okay, but what about the idea of the poel? The poel. So he's saying that the, we say a perfect poel is one. We say the real poel is the one who chooses and who does or doesn't do by his will. And the thing that is sort of, you know, uh, forced to act is not the real pole. It's not a true pole. It's not a pole in the true sense of the word or in the true human uh, perfection of a pole. If I would ask you to rank the, uh, the, the most perfect pole, uh, the actors, agents, by their perfections, the highest perfection would have to be the one who is who decides and acts on his rutsin. Everything else would be considered to be lacking. Either it's the tool, 
or it's simply a poel beteva, but not a poel qua poel. Decision maker. The decision maker. So he's saying, how could you say about God then that he's not, that he's a poel without the, without rotten? That would make him deficient. So how would that work in our in our way in our in our way of, of setting up the uh, the Moscow region? So I would say like this: that I would say, and we discussed this before. But and, and then we discussed this when we discussed it when we do the Rambams on which on which attributes are uh, or which which qualities are attributed to God. So he said we don't attribute intestines and those kinds of things. There's just the existence of man that reflects his more real existence. Right, his his upper existence, his uh, truer existence, because we want to we want to climb up the, the existence ladder over here. So uh, those those are the true perfections. Like, like what's the qualitative difference? But but like just the um, just the, uh, the the fact that I take up space is not a perfection. I mean, some people seem to think that way because they want to try to take up more and more space, but that itself is not a perfection. That's like the, in terms of the idea of Poel, how what is the Muscal Rishon? How do we apply the Muscal Rishon? This this logic to the idea of Poel. So maybe no, maybe uh, maybe uh, God is a is a different kind of a Poel. What does it mean to say no? It can't be. This would be a violation of this idea to say that we act by will, meaning say we choose when and when not to do, and God's actions are not. A function of wrestling. I mean, he's, he's definitely a great Apollo because of what he can do. Look what he could do. Look what he made. So in that framework, he's definitely a great Apollo. So why why is this framework a necessary? The problem is if he's if it's. No, he's not he's talking not, about the big what, figure, though, right? He's yeah, saying, he's talking about Rutzon. He said, after not to act. Okay. Now, what about God? Does he have that ability or not? Can we say about God that he has the that he has the ability to do or not to do? Yeah, the thing is, what's our what's our choice based on? Yeah. So why do we call the poel? Why do we call the real poel the one who is uh, that does it through bechira? Why do we say that it's the man who burnt the baguette and not the fire that burnt the baguette? Yeah. Why do we say in terms of a poel? That that is the true perfection. Because yeah. because a poel is something which is. Um, In other words, when we talk about a poel. What are we talking about? Let's let's boil it down. What are we talking about when we talk about a poel? Something they doing in action. Okay, and creating I, some kind of a change, right? Yeah. Action is the change. Yes, as you're effectuating some kind of a change. A poel is the one that effectuates a change. Right. That's what we mean by a poel. Right. So the in a certain sense, the sharpness of the axe split the wood, right? But it would not have done that had the person not uh, wielded it, swung it, right? So therefore, we want to say, who really effectuated the change, right? Who truly effectuated the change? Correct. The swinger, the one who swung the axe. He right. truly effectuated. Why because of the axe not being sharp, the swing would also not. So there might sharp there might be several several but ultimately ultimately the the poel yeah. we mean by when we talk about a poel we mean to say one he who effectuates change. Correct? 
because um, without an action, there's no change. And changing, and, and the one who is the who is the doer, the one who is the poel is the is the author of that change. So therefore, we say to we attribute the 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 definition of the poel to the author of the change, right? And the controller of the change, and the and the one who uh, like the general might not have uh, might not uh, lift a, a gun, but it's his battle, his victory, correct? Because he's the he's the author and the command and the cause of all of the uh, the, the actions and the changes that effectuated the victory. Okay, so so therefore he's saying if we speak about God as a poel, meaning to say as an actor, okay, then that means to say, and within, and within our view of, of an actor, our view of, of, a, of, the, uh, of, of, a, of an agent of change, if our view of an agent, if our perfection of an agent of change means the one that not only controlled they not only effectuated the change, but deemed it proper and acted upon it. In other words, in other words, control means that you have a certain idea of it. You have a certain, it has a certain design, right? And therefore, it is, that's part of the true, that's part of the perfection of the agent of the change, right? An intended outcome. Not an accidental change, right? Not in the, not in the, not a change that you happen to be most closely related to, but a change that you design, you author. Malechach is what we talk about in Shabbos. It has to be an idea that you perceive and evaluate and act upon. That is the true agent of change. Everything else is just part of the swirl of cause and effect, but not really an author, not really above, not really uh, uh, over and and, and, and analyzing outside. So if we say God is an agent, he must be also have that part of the perfection of of the agent. And that's what we were discussing a little bit last week is this position of, of reality and existence above the material that he's working within, right? And uh, like we say, kechomer biyada yotzer, right? So there's, there's a different kind of a, of a relationship. The existence of the poel is above, and the, and everything else is in his hands. And as a qualitative idea of of of, of executing that change. So the perfect poel relates to, to, in the physical world, relates to the actions as an author and a, uh, an innovator and an evaluator and an executor. That's, that is what we consider to be a true agent of change. Then he's saying that must exist within God. Let's think it over a little more. Okay, so let's think it over a little more. But that's that's just that's where he um, that's where his that's the question. Okay, so we'll leave that to next week. We'll finish it up. Okay, all right. I think we're making progress now.